Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 112, joined by another double act and this time both making their debuts as we had last week. Today I'm joined by Football Index Weathers. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. The uh, Pokemon avatar. Yeah. I- I'm sure we're going to dig into that at some point. Yeah, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. <laughs> I, I, I expected less Pokemon questions, but then I, yeah, mean, I guess <laughs> after the, the kind of announcement picture came out, which was the, a Pokemon-related one, I didn't really bat an eyelid at many of them. But yeah. uh, we're not alone. We're joined by uh, one of the, the kind of, could I say that the hottest FI content creators out there on Twitter at the moment? Oh, don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> FI Market Cap, welcome to the show. Cheers, thank you. Why don't you uh, tell us a bit more about your football index journey? I forgot about weathers. We'll get back to him in a minute. How about how are you doing? Oh uh, yeah, not too bad. So mine's a bit weird. I started in April 2017 with 20 pound. Then I stopped because I lost a bit of interest, and it was only media back then, I believe. And then I looked back in about December, but I left the 20 pound in there, and it had doubled. And I was like, what? <laughs> if I'd put some more money in, that'd have been great. Uh, and then when I actually looked back in, performance buzz was in, and it was a lot more interesting. So stuck around, looked at it with my brother as an investment platform, really. And we came to a conclusion, as long as Football Index as a company does all right, then we should be able to make some money off it. So I uh, put some like a substantial amount in around April uh, 2018. And then, yeah, it's gone on from there, really. Nice. And uh, when did you just start to make all the graphs and all the stats, the data? And that kind of snowballed quite quickly, didn't it? Yeah, it was relatively recently. I think it was about late September I started and uh, yeah just I kept seeing people tweet about how well they was performing or how badly they was performing when the market was actually dipping and uh, I just thought someone needs to just show the market cap and it, seeing it up and down and then they can actually understand what their where their money's going are they performing as well as they should be and so yeah so I've just been daily tweeting out estimated market cap dividends paid out and uh, now a new tracker value Nice. Uh, explain the tracker just a little bit. So it's a, it's a very simple concept. It basically, um, the market cap is a bit of a weird number that it doesn't move directly impacted with your portfolio. So if you owned one share in every player, you would expect your performance to match the market, but it doesn't because if 100 grand went into Neymar, that would only move him something like 7p or something like that. But if you mo- it went into a 50p player, that would move him 50p. So you'd gain 50p per share so the tracker now works out where that money goes into and then gives you out a actual value so it's a lot more in line to what would happen to your portfolio rather than what just happens it's not just money it's what actually happens to your portfolio Mm, i mean that's super smart weathers we forgot to ask you about your football index journey so so take the floor where did you start and how's it gone since then yeah so i started two seasons ago at the start of the season before last Put £100 in, was like, if I lose it, I lose it, because whatever. <laughs> but obviously, it's very, very hard to lose. All of it, at least, on Football Index. So once, I took a long time to get my head around it. Like, I wasn't sold on it, because I think it was just media back then. And it's a lot of reading, and there's a lot to understand about the product. So it's just sort of time to, like, learn and really engage yourself with it until you understand what you're doing. And then when I did understand what I was doing, like, six months later, I was like, cool, let's go like all in basically within reasons <laughs> <laughs> fair enough and then how have you enjoyed it so far i've loved it like seriously this is it's literally life-changing 
And I know that's strange, but like every day you're on it. So it's trying to keep the healthy balance between life and, you know, football index, but it's the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) The best thing ever. I'm going to have to take that bit of audio and just kind of like rewind it, turn it into some sort of song or something like that. Uh, (laughs) Got some miscellaneous questions to start off with. Uh, FI Headhunter. How excited did FI Weathers get about the Europa League draw and the possibility of a Wolves, Wolfsburg, Wolfsburger Pokemon Evolution group? I'll be honest, it completely went under the radar. <laughs> but yeah, that's a pretty cool thing. It's a shame it didn't happen. Well, I don't think it happened. I think it's a good opportunity now to tell us about the old Pokemon background then. What's going on there? Well, I don't really know. I just haven't really grown out of Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I put it on a few t-shirts, a few Pokemon, and was selling them online or whatever. I just used to play the games as a kid. And when you're going into like... Obviously, Football Index, like Twitter, you don't want to put too much about yourself on mm. there, really. So so you obviously thought coming on this podcast was the best thing to do after that. Yeah, well, no, before I used to have Pogba as the picture. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then okay. going into this summer, or last summer, I couldn't really endorse Pogba, even though I held him throughout the whole time and still hold him now through the pain. I didn't want to endorse him as like my bio or picture. So I was like... I'll just go to Pokemon and post silly gifts. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I, do you know what? Like, I'm I'm relatively young. I mean, I'm, I'm like 23. So I saw a Pokemon advert on TV during one of the games. It might have been the Arsenal game that was on TV the other day. And I just didn't recognise any of it. And I was like, am I getting old? Because... <laughs> yeah, I think there's like eight generations or nine generations now. Like, oh. I, I only know the first two, really. Well, before this descends into a Pokemon podcast, uh, I mean, to be honest, Index Profit Hunter actually does have another question here. What's your favourite Pokemon and your favourite Pokemon game? I think the best one was Yellow, because you could have all the starters and Pikachu. So that was probably the best one. And it's the original. It's like everyone knows the original 150, if you're going to know them. And my favourite Pokemon, probably Bulbasaur, just because he's a bit of a badass on the the programme. Mm. quite like that <laughs> in <laughs> a weird <enough>. way <laughs> so we're about um, seven minutes in and there hasn't been that much FI chat you're going to have to change the tune here market cap because uh, Profit Hunter always <laughs> asked, also asked the question how many users do you think FI will have in a year's time I think there's about 450,000 if I'm not wrong sign ups at least I'll hazard a guess about 650 I reckon what you think in a year that will only be 650 yeah, so 200. I think it'll be a lot more. That's 200,000 people is a lot. That's a 50% increase. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of how many people have joined this year. I don't know if there's anyone has got that idea. Well, not not clue. You need someone that started in like January, didn't you? Yeah. I, I'm, look, you know what? I'm searching right now. There is a 2019 predictions post that I did in December 31st, 2018. And... Let's have a look. You might prove my uh, estimation silly. Here. Ryan Freeland said 500,000 users by the end of 2019, which is which That's is pretty, pretty decent. Pretty decent. But I'm trying to think if anyone... I said 350 to 400,000. It's not bad either. No, it's not, not too bad either by the end of 2019. That seemed to be quite cautious. I reckon we could actually hit like 750,000 to a million. You reckon? Yeah, I really, I really think we'll, we'll, we'll double. I think 2020 will be quite big. I'm optimistic, though. 
Yeah, I think I've gone with a pessimistic view. Yeah, I think six fifty is a safe number. Yeah, cautious number. I wouldn't say yeah. pessimistic. Come on, give yourself some credit. Uh, cautious. <laughs> <laughs> Fi uh, sheriff. You know what? I think this has been asked before. I don't know if it's by the same bloke. Will there ever be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark? It definitely has been asked before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. It has. It's ringing a bell. I don't know if it's by the same guy. I don't remember what I said the first time. So I've googled the answer. All right, go on. Apparently, there's a shark that only swims at 1.7 miles per hour, and Michael Phelps swims at 5.5. So there's already a man that swims faster than a shark. Fair play. There's there the answer. Fair enough. I don't think you'll ever beat a great white though, because that swims at 35 miles per hour. <laughs> so yeah, that's seven times faster than Michael Phelps. And I think is it you're saying Bolt runs at about is it like 27 miles an hour? So even if he could run in water as yeah, fast as he does struggling. on land, he'd be struggling. <laughs> shark, catch yeah, he'd get caught. He'd get caught. We've got a question here from CJ0101 from the forum. If you win the dinner with Adam Cole, what question would you most like to ask him and what player would you get with the 500 quid they give you? So for the player, obviously it's still 500 of whoever is still the same amount. So... I'd probably just have Messi because I sold him recently before the dividend announcement because obviously I was taking money out of PB players because I didn't think they were worth it and then all of a sudden they changed dividends and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, probably just bring back Messi. It's not a great answer, but still, what would I ask him? To be honest, it'd probably be me like, making sure he understands things. <laughs> I know that sounds like patronising, but just to make sure... like the security elements of FI and like how that sort of the back end. Yeah, but actually asking him questions, I'm not very much of a question asker. <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask him, like, what's his plan for dividends? He won't tell you, he won't tell you. <laughs> if he had to tell me though, then uh, that's what I'd go for. I'd ask him uh, how he, like, he can't just increase them forever. Mm. I think there, there needs to come a time where it's self-writing. So like either they pay out of commission or something like that. Otherwise, you reach a top market cap and that will stick like that and it'll just be whoever's best at trading wins. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it will come to a point where there's a zero-sum game, but I suppose if you created a situation where there was some flex in the market cap and the more yeah. users than the more flex via commissions, as you said, then I'm sure that that would present margins that are probably greater than a platform which would be zero sum but I, I again I'm not sure how the intricacies of that would work but it would in, it interest me I think it's a creative problem to have to solve isn't it yeah definitely a, I think that is a problem they're going to have to solve soon or not soon they've just increased it but next few years it definitely depends how many users they want, how big they want the market cap to be, right? I mean, I can't see that happening before audiobooks. I can't see that happening before new territories. And I mean, if you look at, I don't know, maybe the US as a market as well for this thing, then I don't know, I, that just seems quite distant to me at the minute. What, the top market cap? Yeah, yeah. It depends how much money they're making as a company, isn't it, really? Or at the current levels or the new current levels? Because 57% is quite a big amount to increase it to. So as long as they're, obviously they're happy with giving that away, but how much can you go on above and beyond that is a question they probably know the answer to, but wouldn't want to give away. Mm. We've got a question here from uh, Dalian Smith from the forum as well. Uh, the forum is such a limited format. 
On Twitter, this post listed the two guests with a wee write-up on both. There's even a picture of Fig's face superimposed on children's favourite, the Pokemon. Well, he spelt that, you know, the poker men, Pokemon. I've not grown up with Pokemon, but with the picture, their FI credentials are clear. One or two appear to be wearing non-official FI merchandise. My question would be, though, my summarization of Twitter would be lots and lots of original thoughts peppered by the odd signposts to naked ladies. But how, if all, has social media platforms enhanced your FI journey? It's a bit of a wordy question, and I think he's kind of slightly slapped me off there for not uh, drilling down and, and sending that picture on the forum. But uh, yeah, <laughs> how have you guys found Twitter since you joined it? Well, it makes it more entertaining. I'll go. That's one of the main things. When you get to a stage where you sort of know what you're doing on FI, you have to trust your own opinion more than other people's. So that's sort of a yeah a thing that I'm struggling with, like trying to resist other senior traders' advice or input which I sometimes is a little bit misplaced, I think, if that makes any sense at all. But yeah, just the fun element of it, the comedy, the silly little gifts, the memes, it's just entertaining, really. <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes it more interesting. Because uh, if you're just sitting there on your own, I think it's a good community. Obviously, you get the bad points of Twitter, but um, yeah, as a community side, it allows you to chat about it all day if you really wanted to. And uh, yeah, you can ignore the tips that are going to be detrimental to your portfolio if you really want to. I think it's great. Football Index as a company has used it very well. Yeah, definitely. They've certainly built a very sticky community, haven't they? Like, it's a community that's grown rapidly, but also it's full of people that, whatever their differences are, they, they just truly love the product, don't they? Yeah, it's testament to Mike, really. That's a lot harder to do than people think. It definitely is. I mean, it's not easy to just build a brand and especially a brand through social media, which is what FI have done, essentially. Yes, it took them to a new level. I mean, it's not like, you know, we can talk about the Sky adverts and and whatnot, but what's actually got them to that point is that kind of community in the first place. But we do have some more questions here. But before I do get into that, if you guys have got 30 seconds spare, you're on your phone right now please do leave me a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. Five stars, write whatever you think, even if you're going to slag something off. I do appreciate them. Uh, do appreciate reading them. Some of them are really great. So uh, just have a look. And if you're not on Apple, whatever platform that you use, or, or just shout the podcast out. And if you guys are looking for some more football-related content rather than FI, uh, my other podcast, State of Play, you can find that again on any of your chosen podcast apps. Just State of Play on any of those apps and uh, headhunter another question he says for fi market cap what percentage of the market cap growth month on month comes from reinvested dividends it averages around 1.1 percent ish since the beginning of the season but this month it was like one million pound in dividends so i calculated it to be obviously that's just an estimate but that's a 1.2 percent of the market cap was because of dividends but in terms of the market cap growing month on month, so if we go from 80 to yeah. 90 or whatever. Yeah, so uh, in November, it only grew by two point something million and it, there was one million dividends. So that was nearly 50%. Jeez. But on average, it grows about 7 million a month. And uh, so you're looking at about 10 to 15%. But this month, it was just exceptional. It certainly was. I mean, obviously, the increase of 57% does really help that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. And also the 
the uh, capital appreciation this month was obviously a lot less, which helps out the uh, percentage-wise as well. But Of course, yeah. of course. And I think a big part of that has been the value being spread far and wide by this big dividend increase. And I think until we see a few players consistently win, that's probably continued to happen. But it, it's healthy for the market, for sure. Yeah, definitely. You've already seen a few players shoot when they've won or even got close to winning. A couple of times they've just flown up. So it'll happen throughout. And if someone consistently puts in winning performances, they'll rocket to the top. Mm. And then Headhunter goes on because obviously two questions weren't enough. And for both, with the dividend increase and marketing push, what do you think the market cap will be on the first day of the next Premier League season? So I reckon it'll be about 160 million. I reckon it'll double. I would tend to agree with that kind of estimate. Uh, Weathers? Yeah, I'll go along with it. I'll say 150. Uh, he's he's not he's got no bottle, has I he? Thought, I thought I'd let the professional ask answer it first. Just so, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I just I just copied market cap. Um, no, I, I I think we'll be at two hundred million by the end of twenty twenty. So, hundred sixty by the beginning of the next Premier League season, which is like August. That's kind of alongside my estimations. So, I'm glad that someone smarter than me thinks that that estimation isn't far off. So, uh, <laughs> that's very pleasing. If you go with eight million a month. It's eight months. It's about 164 million. So mm. someone's going to twist my maths there and tell <laughs> That's 64 million, sorry. Yeah, 64 million it's added. It's 144 million. Yeah, yeah I was about so to say, am I going to test his maths even though he's, <laughs> he's, he's that good at it? <laughs> anyway, so uh, with the marketing push, I'll give it an extra 20 million. Uh, that's not that's not too bad, is it? On the marketing front, we are a B from the forum says, out of the marketing announcements, which one do you think could potentially have the biggest impact and bring in the most users or money? It also says, also good move, ditching the pubcast this week's pod was far better. A couple of backhanded compliments this uh, <laughs> during these questions, but I'll take them. What do you guys reckon? What ones do you think will have the biggest impact here, Weathers? TV adverts on ITV and was it Channel 4? Mm. yeah so the terrestrial TV adverts I just think that's obviously the, I was looking through them the other points are sort of they're good but they're not like game changers <laughs> the rest of the 12 points like one of them was making a new ad like I don't think the fact that making a new ad is going to particularly draw more in but yeah so just the TV adverts really being on the main channels why do you think that is? well it'll be a new audience thing and I think the main thing that Football Index need to do with like users is change non-active users into active users. Mm. So I think reminding people of the product. That's why I think the we'll go on to it later, but going on to the um the December prize draw, I think just giving people those push notifications and stuff re-engages non-active traders because like I know a couple of people that have signed up but just aren't in it. Getting those over to actually going, oh no, Footwinds Index is a trustworthy brand. It's on the main channels, like they're obviously proper. So I can trust it more. I can put more money in and yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the ITV and Channel 4 advertising just is the killer there, I think. But I think marketing people tell you that everything needs to be added up. So all these things add up. Yeah. You then see it on the tube, you see it when you're driving, you see taxis with it on your when you're driving and then uh, you see it on telly when you're in a pub you see it everywhere you go and that's when it sticks in your mind yeah I quite like the TV adverts obviously I think the um, the football podcast sponsorships that they've been 
doing on Jamie Carragher's new podcast. They were also advertising on the TIFO Football Podcast. I mean, they've reached some pretty big numbers. I wouldn't be surprised to see if those things actually make some sort of impact and some dent into the numbers. I also think the tube adverts are just really good I don't know that just might be a personal thing I've got no data to back it up but I just think like if you're on the tube you're commuting and you're like you're just forced to read stuff even if you're listening to music or listening to a podcast doing whatever you're doing you're just reading these random things I tend to just be reading all of these adverts especially if you're standing up and sometimes I've, I've definitely noted down or taken pictures of loads of different like random apps or services that I might not even use but might potentially use I think that he says you know our biggest ever London Tube campaign, considering some some of the ones that they've done in the past, then that's going to be pretty big as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, I always read the uh, ads on the Tubes and stuff, so that does catch a big audience there. And then generally, I think the largest ever digital activity across all platforms, that's quite interesting to me. You know, that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. At one point, and I think it was during that kind of January push last year, that was huge. And if this is bigger, then we're going to see some huge numbers come the turn of the year. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I think um, January last year was just absolutely boomed, didn't it? It was, yeah, it was insane. Uh, Weathers, you got any other comments on the old uh, the old marketing front here? No, not really. Just once again, the little things will add up. You, it's hard to sort of see the difference between what the current tube ads were doing compared to the new lot until we see the new lot and see the new users but don't know really (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well I mean luckily FR Gardener's got a question here do you guys think the December giveaways are a waste of time and money or a good way of attracting new users could the money have been spent better spent elsewhere and I think whether you you mentioned them earlier so um, why don't you go ahead and answer this one yeah so personally I like it not because that maybe half the prizes I don't care about but one it gets people engaged with the app so people are putting in who maybe all right so us lot who are all on Football Index all the time we're entering 10 pounds here and there but it hopefully will draw some people who've signed up for Football Index because the active users is like like less than 10 percent or something I'm just guessing <laughs> um it's hard to know but hopefully it gets more of those users engaged with Football Index going bigger and then yeah, because there's so much growth, even with the current user base, let alone adding another like million that we could possibly get with further adverts and sort of thing down the line. But yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, I don't, also, it's not one or the other. So they're obviously doing a massive marketing campaign and this is just going alongside it. So yeah. I don't think there's a, it's one or the other. They, they obviously have enough money to do this giveaway as well. So I don't see a problem with it. I think it's quite good. It gets people engaged. Yeah, it definitely creates a bit of FOMO and means that if you have people that win these prizes, there's that kind of customer loyalty that is created with them. But also, you know, there are going to be a lot of, if a thousand people spend £10 a day, that's 10 grand. You know, if we're talking about 10,000 people, you know, you get the gist. The money can be quite big and it can actually encourage people to really move money uh, throughout the market, which is obviously good for FI, but also creates a lot more liquidity, which is overall a good thing. Yeah, 100%. You can't argue that. But could the money have been spent better elsewhere? I'm not too sure. The only thing I can maybe... I don't really know, actually. For them, they obviously have all the data and the analytics about kind of their cost per acquisition, uh, the churn rate, how you know retaining customers is going for them they probably know better than anyone else where they should be putting more money and i'm sure that's reflected on kind of like how that budget has been spent 
yeah, I, I assume they've done a bit of research into it. They seem to know what they're doing. So I trust that Mike knows what he's doing. <laughs> I, I do so as well. Uh, Football Index veteran here. He has a question each. Weathers, is your strategy A, larger shares and fewer holds, or B, smaller shares in lots of holds? Got to catch them all, he says in brackets. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit of both, really, but it's more of the smaller end. Sort of, I pick up 300 to start with, or... 600 if I really like like a buy but I do have like 2,500 of a player but that's just one player but mainly it all depends on the opportunity if I see the opportunity now I think I'm going to go bigger on it but I've got like 100 players over 70,000 so oh wow okay it's all spread out however but yeah I like to keep it as minimal risk as that is (laughs) but like when there's an opportunity I have started to go bigger shares and just in the instinct. Fair enough. And uh, market cap, how about your strategy compared to that? I'd do a bit of both as well. I have um, mainly I go for the higher end of the market, to be honest. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of money in the smaller end. You can see how much it moves. If if they have one good performance, you'll pretty much make more than you would make in the top 10 or so all year. So I have a bit of a range. I have like a top, 10 players that I have and then the other 10 I just sort of play around with and have a bit of fun with Fair enough and Veteran also has a question here Market Cap loving the data that you tweet out currently do you have any plans going forward with this? He's allowed me to plug a bit here isn't he? <laughs> I'm actually in the middle of our creating a website uh, that allow, allow people to like track their portfolio against the market so it also allow them to add in like a comment on why they bought a player and stuff like that also, it all like builds it from the, your transaction history. So all you've got to do is upload your transaction history and it will tell you what your portfolio was and then what it was throughout history. So then you won't say, so what really annoyed me was as well when I, I used to do it in Excel. And um, if you forget to do a day, you've lost that day or if you lost that month. But this will give you your history back because obviously I've got the prices from then and I can just tell you what the your portfolio was worth at any given date. So yeah, so that's, what the plan is but I'm open to ideas if anyone wants to DM me well that sounds insane (laughs) good luck to you mate hopefully it works that sounds super easy to do obviously (laughs) yeah I'm sure it's uh, it's not been any hard work at all but uh, yeah that sounds amazing I mean like that's one thing that FI should be looking at doing themselves but if that's not happening then third parties like yourself are are clearly have got the right idea and the more kind of content and and things that are being created in this kind of fi ecosystem the better i suppose yeah exactly i think the data products in terms of like index gain at football index edge and like the people that do excel data like fi data steven yeah they do stuff for the community that i think is great so without that what would you know who to buy it'd be literally on based on your football knowledge which is a struggle because it don't marry up with the football index yeah. at all, really, does it? <laughs> no, not not necessarily. Uh, we've got one more question here before the little plug for IG. Uh, Uncle G from the forum, when do they and you think the first £10 player will be, and who will it be? Weathers? I was thinking about this, and I'm going to give an answer that I don't like. <laughs> so I think it will be Sterling, but I think he's oh, overpriced yeah. already. Right. But I think there's just so much hype for the Euros and like he's the main English media person. I just think a lot of like dumb money's gonna go into him. 
but I don't hold him and I sold him because I thought he was overpriced. It would take a lot of dumb money to get him to ten pounds, though. That's I know dumb money can't. I mean, how much money would it take to get him from what is he now seven? I know, but I don't think he'll be performing on the index like yeah. PB and media wise. But I think there'll be a lot of hype about him just generally on the way to the Euros, and I don't know. Maybe he does get a couple of PB wins, and then all of a sudden he's the full package. But <laughs> I think Neymar's held back with the lack of Euros, rightly or wrongly. I don't think the Euros is going to be a big thing, but everyone's going to make it a big thing. So I don't know. <laughs> Interesting market cap. I was just I'm sorry. I was just calculating how much it would cost uh, to get Sterling. <laughs> so you need two point two million to uh, make him go into to ten pound. Damn. So, yeah. So it's quite a lot of money. If you're looking at our market cap predictions, it could easily happen. Yeah. That's all it would take. 2.28 million, yeah. Damn. All right, seven pound one to ten. Interesting. I mean, uh, what what about you? What are your thoughts? Who, who do you reckon it will be? And, and when do you think it will be? I think it will be in January. Wow. I think it will be someone that's going to have some media. That is very brave. That is very, very brave. <laughs> Guessing. I'm, I'm massively... I think it... Well, they need to move, I think. So I think it'll be Sancho. If he, This is based on if he comes to England. Yeah, see, I think Sancho's a much better buy than Sterling. But I don't think other people see that at the moment. Mm. Yeah, but he could, he could just stay in Dortmund and not go anywhere and price not go up. So it's a risk. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere in January. Mm. But hype's hype. It doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to happen. It's weird, isn't it? All these stories that are coming out about him kind of being homesick and not really... You know, turning up to training late, getting dropped and then getting played again, playing for England, uh, being dropped by Southgate as well. It's certainly kind of, you know, storm in a teacup kind of thing at the moment. But you, you never know how these things can go. And if it does spiral out of control and suddenly Dortmund are looking to cash in in January and he comes to England, then... I wouldn't want to bet against him getting to that kind of price. I don't really know when that could happen. Your your January shout is very brave, but I kind of like it. I think if we are looking at a January that's going to be bigger than last January for Football Index, then it could feasibly be in that kind of New Year period. Yeah, especially if there's loads of new users and you think who they go to first, they go to a young Englishman, Sancho, who could be coming back to Liverpool, United, City, any other big guns, then... That's how you put your money in, and rightly or wrongly. And also, experienced traders with maybe more money, they try and anticipate that, or they try exactly, and think yeah. about how new users would come onto the platform. That kind of creates this, you know, layered effect of value, I guess. Yeah, and like you're saying, it's just the perfect storm to push his price. But it all falls on him coming to England, I think. Yeah, we'll have to see. It will either be someone like that who just slowly creeps up towards the Euros, depending on whether or not he moves in January, or it will be like a in January Feb when someone wins a few a couple PB in a row and then those Champions League latter stages start kicking in, we could see some real action. Uh, I'm not sure who it could be, but those would be my bets. I mean, the Sancho one, again, if he moved to a Prem team in January, you wouldn't bet against it, would you? No, exactly, yeah. If it's not him, then I think, yeah, you're right. It's the gold days that will move someone into £10. 
Perfect time to move on to our ad break. Uh, so, Index Gain, they are a third party data provider for FI. If you haven't checked them out, it's indexgain.co.uk. But they've basically got a new feature. You can analyze and compare players based on their position type. So, they've got four new opt in data driven player screener reports tailored to each football index player position to have the filters and matrix attributes that matter the most for each so goalkeeper defender midfielder and forward and if you guys are looking to find out more get head over to indexgain.co.uk and if you want a little discount cheeky 50% off your first month just use my code fig2020 when you first sign up so uh, there you have it I don't know if you have used uh, index gain yeah I, I use them they're men they're index age actually <laughs> okay use both. Right. the best of both worlds feathers yeah, I was using it, but then because the market at the start of the season was so much towards IPDs, I sort of shifted a lot of money and got rid of the membership, and then the dividend increase happened. I was like, oh, I haven't signed up again. But it's a very, very good platform, and it yeah, helps a lot. <laughs> Index gains really good for IPDs, eh? You should uh, have a look at it. <laughs> nah, I can get from who scored. <laughs> <laughs> not, been, not been using it properly, has he? Um, uh, I, haven't, I haven't, I'll be honest. <laughs> We've got a question here from... K Brown, uh, do you trade on a speculative basis or trade based on historic data? What are your reasons for doing so? Uh, from the good man Carl Brown, I'll go for historic data because I'm I'm an accountant and I like data. <laughs> yeah, so I'll just look at um, potential returns. With as long as there's nothing that I consider it's completely changed or caused that um, return, then I think that's a good buy, and then I'll use that that's how my main strategy and then um obviously pb stuff as well i think it's invaluable yeah carl brown who was uh excellent on the last show but obviously asking you guys tough questions do you not think though market cap sometimes that past performance doesn't isn't always indicative of the future performance and what kind of markers or flags do you have to have raised to um, kind of get rid of someone who has great historic data but you've got that feeling that might not continue it so I think um, you got to look at manager changes. It's massive. So Brendan Rodgers has obviously done great at uh, Leicester. You've got just certain managers, type of football is great for PP in, in some cases. And you, I think you've got to take that into account. Also, if they're just banging in goals, like Pukki, that's just not a sustainable for Norwich at a Norwich team. So he, he was hitting some high scores, but is it sustainable? Probably not. So I look at that. Is it the sustainability of it, really? That's interesting. That is interesting. I think um, a lot of people do get captivated by historic data, but don't really take into account the full picture. They think that the only way is up. And sometimes I think you just got to look at like what the downside are. It is rather compared to the upside. And even if they do continue scoring, knowing that it can't go on forever, right? Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you'd be onto a gold mine. And oh, they'd yeah. be ten pound. Yeah, there's only so many messies, aren't there? Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Weathers? Here, trading on speculative basis or historic? I don't. I like. I like data to a point. So I sort of can remember sort of the PB wins, and I know which players are good at PB and what players are not. But I think sometimes looking at data blindly, it can sort of one. It can't actually tell you for players. Well, you can if you can compare them but if a player's then at a good price like all it takes is someone to be off a corner or on a corner and then you can't see that in the past data 
So he's got really good PB scores. Then all of a sudden, halfway through, he's off corners. You just think he's had a bad month or so, but he's off corners. So he's losing up on the crossing and all the points that you get from that. So it's sort of... I do think people read too far into it. And like once again, like the Pookie thing, like it's very hard to see what's actually like the quality of the player compared to what is form. Like, is Dan James actually really good at football? Or did he just have a hot eight weeks at, when he first started at United? Like, I'm not quite sure. As like a Man United fan, I don't know. <laughs> like, he's still fast, I know that, but I don't know whether he's going to continue being as good as he was at the start of the season in any sort of way. So, I like to do, I know it's bad on Twitter, but like comparisons. Okay. So, I don't obviously tweet stuff, but when you do see... <laughs> Two players comparison, like say Raheem and Sancho or whatever, and then you the plus sides for one player and the plus negatives, and you can sort of work out well maybe that price should be closer or further away. And then it's been going on quite recently with a lot of English attacking midfielders. So there's like Grealish, there's Deli Ali's resurgence, there's Mason Mount. You know all these English players have, are really high. Like none of them, not not all of them can obviously start for England, but they all have this hype, and it's. I don't know, I just find it interesting about which ones you can sometimes... Like, sometimes you can find hidden gems that are of a similar ability. Like, I'll go back to the start of the season. There was two different players, but, like, Gerard Moreno and William Jose. Last year were both... This is going to be so bad. So bad. <laughs> Last year on FIFA, they were 83 rated each. <laughs> Right, so they're similar sort of players. They, they scored a similar amount of goals last season as well. Moreno was on him. I made a load of money, sold him. Happy days. He continued going up, but fair play. And then William Jose didn't move, so I just moved money into him. And then he went up <laughs> because, obviously, a similar sort of player who scores a similar amount of goals. So I, I do sort of like the the more speculative and comparable way of trading. Have you found that more profitable at this, to this date? I did at the start of the season. Like, I was making a lot from that. Like, that was my most successful period, basically. Because, like, when, like, two years ago, like, the best PB players were, like, Isco and James Rodriguez. And now, you wouldn't really think much of them. I know they've got, yeah, you do a bit, but a situation changed so quickly with, like, who's taking set pieces and who's in the team and not. So it's hard to sort of have someone who's consistent as, like, a Neymar or a Messi. Yeah, they're kind of freaks of nature, aren't they? Yeah, they're guaranteed starters, which a lot of players aren't. Yeah, I think a lot <laughs> of people really uh, miss uh, or underestimate rather the importance of minutes played for PB players, but also for speculation for both of those things. Because I'm assuming that the kind of underlying thing from Carl's question is, do you buy players or trade players based on kind of data or speculation or kind of a mix, really? But... Minutes played is quite important to both of those. And I think a lot of people ask me about certain players and I kind of think, well, do you think they're going to be hitting 90 minutes week in, week out in the next three months? And they're like, oh, well, no, but I think they might do in three months. And I'm kind of like, well, for people to speculate more and more, I actually think that if you're a really young player playing 90 minutes in a week in, week out, not only will it make them a better player, but eventually at some point when they do something good, that kind of spike is probably going to be quite big. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, hey, oh, for, right, for his younger players, I think that like less time is seen as more because of just the hype factor that people blow out of proportion on Twitter. I'm not saying it's right at all, mm. but I do think if a player's playing a lot it, yeah, at a certain level, people just sort of 
forget how good they are. Like I'll go back to like Deli Ali and Madison. Mm. Like what Deli Ali had achieved at like twenty, Madison was only just sort of getting going, and then everyone forgot about how good Deli Ali was. But obviously, Madison's better at PB in terms of his style of play with his crosses, and he's got a very good set piece delivery. But it's funny how like Madison was like the new hot kid on the block, and he got all the attention. And then Deli Ali's price was like a third of it, basically, or maybe not quite a third, but yeah. <laughs> Not too far off, but I guess yeah. maybe my point of view was more after this dividend increase because I think a lot of people have asked about kind of youth players, for example, and I really do think that those youth risers are still definitely going to be there. I just think they're going to be more concentrated in the players that play regularly, and if they do win PB, they're going to go kind of nuts. And I think you've used the perfect example there, Deli Ali, even though he's not that young anymore, he's like twenty three, twenty four now. Twenty three, yeah, yeah twenty three, like he's still young enough to be classed in that kind of oh he's got potential age but as soon as he does something on the pitch that rise is massive so I think it's kind of two pronged on that side of things yeah for but most players on the index like people that are playing and PB threats and that's what you want them for and obviously IPD threats plan more minutes per game and, and starting consistently is a massive thing like you don't want to be holding the player that's on the bench because if they're on the bench then people get twitchy and just start selling <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, market cap, any more thoughts here? I think you're right. I think age is a massive thing. So if you're young and then you start performing, you've just hit the perfect storm again and you're literally going to fly. It's a bit like Sancho when he first came on the scene. He was young and he started performing. It was just a great FI point of view. Great from um, Ali again. He's young and he started performing again. He's gone up again. I think he's like tripled, didn't he? Mm. Something like that. So yeah, so it is a perfect storm. Indeed it is. Um, We've got a question here. Well, I've kind of set this one up quite well. Will money go back into young players once PB players have reached their ceiling or do you foresee a new trend? This is from uh, Metropolis on the forum. If so, what do you think it will be? And has MB become less relevant? For me, personally, MB has become a bit irrelevant. It's like a nice little add-on, but you can make so much money off it. And it will, like with January it will be a massive part. So I think it has trends up and down of how relevant it is. Yeah. But for will money go back into young? It will. It's just a matter of time. It's It happens on and off. So young players rise. Everyone complains about young players being too high. <laughs> and then it goes into PB players and then everyone complains about them being too high and it goes into MB players. It, it, it just cycles across the index and they overlap and they intertwine. But they all happen up and down all over the place. Mm. Yeah, I think when the when a player starts to dominate media, because we haven't had one for a while, like what Pogba used to do or like last mm. season or like what Salah did before, like if we have that sort of player, everyone's then going to go back into the media or onto that hyped player and it's just going to fly. Once again, youngsters are always going to be, they have a certain appeal that they always have. Like age is... Every day, every player gets one day older. I know that might sound silly, but when you think about it, in a year's time, where's the market going to be? And that 18-year-old's only going to be 19. So he's still going to be young. So he's still got that hype factor. Yeah, I, th- I think, w- what about the um, August dividend? Or I don't know when the dividend review is going to be, but they said it's going to be yearly. You'd presume it's before the season starts. Do you think that will, that will have any more effect, even if it's speculative on those young players? It coincides with when they're normally flying the most doesn't it in terms of the start of the season 
because it normally goes when they're friendlies, aren't it? When they're starting to perform. And yeah. So I, it might not make them fly as much as they have before, but they're still going to fly just because that's what they did before. I think you'll see a massive lull in the market and people just waiting for the announcement of what happens with the dividends. I think people are going to try to jump the gun and try predict it because everyone's always trying to predict it. People will jump the gun early and then it'll be stale and then it'll be complaints and then they'll announce. And then people and then, pump goalies again. Yeah, and then goalies will fly out. <laughs> Please don't pump goalies. The cycles happen, yeah. <laughs> But I just want to get back on the point of someone dominating media. I think that's, to some extent, situational. I mean, Eden Hazard's left, Paul Pogba's kind of out the limelight, not playing. The big English players, apart from Raheem Sterling, I guess they're playing for clubs that might not be as as me and be friendly. I mean, you're looking at the likes of Harry Kane, maybe that changed with, with Mourinho now. It's a bit strange. There is kind of like that chasm or that dark hole of media that no one's really filled. Yeah, especially with the 7% thing. It's come at like the worst time. If when they opened it up to the squad that we still had a dominant person in the media, it would have like lessened the blow and everyone would have been just getting on fine. But because we haven't had that, it has allowed more squad players to come in and sort of sneak MB. Yeah, I don't think that's helped. Them. Um, no, not at all. There's no one really grabbing headlines week in, week out. Imagine Sterling was at Liverpool. I think that would be a, still at Liverpool. I think he'd, he'd be grabbing a lot more headlines than he is. Whoever does that could then be the ten pound player. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's point, that's literally the link. Like, if Pogba signs a new contract, he's flying. Yeah, I'd imagine. And playing football, he's got to play football. He can't sit on the bench. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, we've got a question here from new user two two one five four four. Very original name. What are people's views on a planned dividends or bonuses for Euro twenty twenty? I think the dividends will stay the same. If they're going to do anything, they might bring in like a reward for Golden Boot or Golden Glove or something along them lines. But I don't think they will touch the standard dividends that we have. They'll probably do the Champions League, no, the quarterfinals, finals, stuff like that. But I don't think they'll touch them that way. I think they might boost them up a bit because obviously we had like Media Madness last year and that was such a success. But I still don't really think that the Euros should be as much of a big issue because it... Yeah. It's hard to win. I remember when the World Cup came around last time, I was like hyped about it and then none of my players were winning. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's harder to win than you think on when it's such a small format. Like you can play three games and then you, you're out of the Euros. So I think they will boost them. But There's a group of death as well, isn't there? Yeah. Germany, France and Portugal, isn't it? That's a lot of players that are going to go out from good teams. Mm. What do you guys, um, just speaking of like breaks or players not playing, what, what do you wait, uh, make of the kind of like winter break sell-off on some of these players currently? I think it's stupid. Obviously, if you've got to be the first person to do it. If you're not the first person to do it, if you're doing it now, like you're not you're going to save money. You're like going to lose it when you buy back that player or other players. Obviously, people, if you're the first person to do it and then you get in and out, you can make money, but... Like, to me, I'm quite happy with the loss. Like I, I've got quite a good mentality where like I'm comfortable when I'm like in the red and just I f- find it kind of funny because I know where football next is going and I know like I believe my holds, so I'm confident with it and I know like intrinsically the players in theory haven't changed in value, so I've got the same amount of shares. I'm comfortable in that loss. So for players not playing for a couple of weeks, it's like nothing. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes when a player doesn't play in an FA Cup game, that's as big a break as we're seeing sometimes here, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, even like international break. And that plot, for example, a Brazilian player, they're not going to play, but they don't have that massive sell-off today. Mm. But just, just moving back to the Euros really quickly, what do you expect the dividend review to be like then, market cap? Like, And also, my follow-up question would be, what would happen if FI said we're doing a dividend review and then they said, well, we've reviewed it and we don't think we should increase it? Do you think there'll be some fallout? I've got a feeling that will happen. Mm. <laughs> it depends how much it grows in January, doesn't it? And beyond. But I think, yeah, that, that would be a bit of a fallout. Because it depends how the market's going as well. If it's going up, then people will be happy regardless. But if it's stale and they've not increased it, then fingers will be pointed at them. I think they will change it a little bit. Even if it's just like the team of the week thing that they've sort of been toying at the idea of or something. Even if it isn't like a, it won't be a big increase in any way. So don't get your hopes up. But maybe they go IPD just to put off the competition. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we've got another question here from Feldy from the forum. When can we expect order books? I have no idea. It's been, <laughs> it's been going on for ages, hasn't it? I'd probably hazard a guess March time. Would it be coming before the Euros? Probably. I, don't I doubt know. it. I don't know. Yeah. They've got a lot of new users. If you imagine you've got all them users in January and beyond, and then you're trying to then introduce order books, it would be quite a hard ask. I think you could see a lot of people lose interest because it's something now they don't understand again once they've just got a gain of the knowledge of it. So I probably think they would be a bit cautious with it. It seems to just keep going further back and back. <laughs> it's like I don't see, seem to think it's going to happen, but it will happen. But just the, the more the months that go on, like I, I thought it would have happened by now. I think a lot of people would, like when it was like first announced, whether it was like know, probably over a year ago, probably well over a year ago. But yeah, no, it doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon. Maybe between the seasons off or maybe after the dividend review if it's good news and then it just keeps everyone from panicking but who knows yeah I thought it would be before um, the start of this season but it hasn't happened so I have no idea when it'll be to be honest when do you think it'll be Fig? Oh, I don't know late 2020 like could it be like January 2021? I'm not really too sure, but it seems to be their priority. So if it came in before the summer, I wouldn't actually be that surprised. Before the Euros? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah is there much of a gap between the leagues ending and Euros starting? There's not, and they need to be so confident that that works. So yeah. maybe... You need to do it in the off period. Don't you? Yeah, the 2021 summer where there's nothing happening. It's a really tough one, isn't it? There's no good time to do it, is there? No. No. <laughs> from your standpoint though a lot of people have asked me about how it will be implemented have you, have you got any idea uh, market cap do you think you would see it as a, as a massive change or something more subtle and kind of like intuitive and in, integrated into the current platform more seamlessly oh I think they'll try and do it seamlessly um, I think they've got this Nasdaq thing haven't they peppering around in the background so I think they'll do it seamlessly I think they'll try and have it so when they first do it they have an instant still still until people get confident and then remove that instant cell and it'll just be a genuine order book or they might even keep the instant cell forever it, it depends how it plays out doesn't it but i think they'll keep the instant cell when it first launches yeah i'd imagine they'd keep it 
like visually looking the same as what it is at the moment with a simple buy and sell because just for like not you new users but it's scary looking at like a order book for the first time and trying to work things out where if you've simplified the design because at the moment the design's really like simple to use it's just you don't know what you're doing with everything else with FI <laughs> but it's as seamlessly as possible hopefully are you guys Visually. worried or confident or excited I'm not too fussed about it to be honest. I think um I think it'd be good for the platform overall. It takes FI away from it, doesn't it? In terms of spreads, so I think that'll be good. Whether it'll be good in terms of money actually being able to sell a player quickly, I think that'd be my only worry. I was more worried like a year ago, but now it'll be fine. I think it's been talked about too much, uh, so much now. It's kind of like Brexit. People just want something to happen. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just get on with it. Fi, fi version of Brexit, but it's kind of like, yeah, order books. People just want something to happen, whether it's like, oh, this is what it's going to look like, or this is how we're going to implement it. I think people just kind of want more clarity and movement on it. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You just want an update. What's happening with it? When are they planning to do it? Are they? How are they planning to do it? So you can then get your house in order before it goes live. And what's going to happen while it's happening? Like, will we have like a week downtime? Like, this isn't going to be a, a small thing. This is going to be the biggest kind of technological undertaking of FI's existence for a while. Would they not do it with their new website? That's what I was thinking. I think that they'd have to migrate to the first, the new website first. Like in the new year, I reckon the old website is going to start dwindling down. They're going to start shutting that off. True, yeah. Like, you know, for example, say if order books came in in... January 2021 that website's not just going to chill there for like over a year is it <laughs> surely not who knows oh yeah yeah you'd thought so <laughs> you'd hope not <laughs> yeah. do you remember the old beat your site though that did yeah that, that, <laughs> that actually did just chill yeah. there for about a year so and then nothing happened with it touche touche fair play I've got no rebuttal to that I do think that when they do come in FI have to be very careful about how they kind of manage their existing customers. But after it does come in, they have to be quite aggressive in reaching out and kind of targeting the right type of users that are going to be attracted by this sort of system, don't they? Yeah. Like for me, someone who hasn't got like an accounting background, <laughs> it's like, it does seem more scary. Like I signed up to Betfair before and I was just like, mm, I don't really want to take the time to learn this, which is obviously naive. But yeah, so... But when you do get, hopefully, these more specific customers that probably have more money, that are interested in older books, have more experience with it, yeah, it should be good. You've also got a question why Betfair brought out a sports book after their exchange. Mm. It's because the common user yeah. isn't too comfortable with in exchange. It is a worry in terms of you're going to alienate a few people. Yeah, and I think uh, I've talked about this a, a while, uh, for a while now, sorry. Uh, Smarkets, what they've done, they've got their exchange and then they've basically created an order book, and, and not an order book, sorry, a sports book. I'm getting my terminology confused here. On top of the exchange so that the odds you get on the sports book are actually from the order book, but you just can't see the order book behind it, which is super interesting. I'm not sure if FI have decided whether or not it's going to be split into two different apps yet. But that could also be interesting, like an FI, an FI Pro, if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely think that should be, the, should be the way to go, where it's like simple. Still, you click on a player, you see a buy price, you see a sell price, and then you can obviously delve down into it deeper. But yeah. On Betfair, you can do that as well, can't you? You see the, um, like the lay-in bet prices, and then if you click into it, you can see the market below it. 
Mm. So they could do it that way. So hide it and then you click into it to find it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. I've heard a few people also say that they could potentially just have the prices in between the current spread, which would be interesting. I've got a last question for you here, market cap. Actually, just off the top of my head, uh, what do you think is going to happen with kind of like the share issuance when order books come in? As in, do you mean IPO? Just kind of like well, because I mean, theoretically, in a in a kind of order book system, you could have a player go from one pound to ninety p just like that, right? If there was no money in between, that would be the next highest price someone's willing to pay. And that kind of means that the system that we currently have where a certain amount of shares have to be bought before the price increases by a penny is no longer true. That's a very valid point there. So you could, yeah, you could fly from pound fifty to pound ninety with a click of a button from some big spender. Yeah, that also doesn't confuse me. It makes me... Um, it makes me think about it a lot about whether how that would work. Yeah, I think that's where um, the how much money is actually in the market helps mm. because if there's a lot of money in the market, there's not going to be any one trader that eats up so much of that price rise. True, true. So they need to like make it so it's fluid as possible that you don't feel any different to what it is now. So. It, for example, it's still it's about 900 shares or so lower down the market. So you didn't need to buy 900 shares at that price. You need that sort of fluid market behind it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's too complicated to work out, I think. They must be doing something, but... Yeah, they'll have some ideas, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, lads, I think that that's all we've got time for. So unless there's any other business that you... Uh, didn't get the chance to discuss that you wanted to talk about weathers or market cap anything that you want to talk about I'm good I think no all good I think all covered eh? all covered all covered well uh, where can people find out more about you weathers at FI weathers on twitter nice nice you're going to be changing your uh, avatar anytime soon no I think the the (laughs) Pikachu is going to stick (laughs) market cap at FI market cap I tweet out daily so give me a follow and uh, you can see the market cap grow before us (laughs) Yeah, follow him. It's <laughs> follow him. Follow him, definitely. Uh, follow Weathers as well. Yep. Follow Weathers on my other accounts. So. <laughs> I feel, uh, I, I have felt silly for about an hour calling a person market cap, which is which has been quite <laughs> good though. So uh, fair play. <laughs> if you guys are commuting right now, uh, please have a, a wonderful commute. I hope this makes it go that much quicker, even if it's freezing out there. Uh, if you're not commuting, doing whatever you're doing, uh, washing your bathroom or tending to some plants or gardens then yeah have a great day doing that sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions we had loads from the forum today which was pretty cool so if you're listening to the Figcast from the forum then shout out to you uh, lastly uh, Football Index is a gambling platform only bet what you can afford to lose and stop when the fun stops thanks for listening everyone have a great day <laughs> <laughs>